Well, the virus has now killed more than 100 people in China, and new cases have been confirmed around the world. So you don't want to frighten the American public. France and South Korea have also got evacuation plans. Which you need to prepare for and assume. Strongly warning Americans to avoid all non-essential travel to China. That this is going to be a real serious problem. France, Australia, Canada, the US, Singapore, Cambodia, Vietnam, the list goes on. Health officials are investigating more than 100 possible cases in the US. Germany, a man has uh, contracted the virus. The epidemic is a demon and we cannot let this demon hide. Japan, where a bus driver uh, contracted the virus. Coronavirus has killed more than 100 people there and infected more than 4,500. We have to prepare for the worst, always, because if you don't and the worst happens. War Room Pandemic. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Mr. Bannon, even though we have deep ties, economic ties to China, India has stood up to China. The Modi administration has passed an order making it difficult for Chinese companies to take over stressed Indian companies. I don't know if you read about this in the last uh, 24 yes. hours, this order was yeah. passed. Many say this is a stance against the rules of globalization. What's your view on these? I think Modi's a hero. I think Modi's a hero. I think Modi has stood up. I want this done in the United States. I think it has to be done in Europe because the predatory nature, the predatory nature of Chinese capital is to basically go through uh, the, the reverse, like the British East India Company, which you guys know so well, use predatory capitalism, right, to, to, to basically to incentivize elites, predatory capitalism, you can't pay back. That's exactly what they're doing today. Modi understands history. And that's why Modi's been a leader in this. Modi stood up to them. And I, I admire him. This is one of the reasons I admire him so much. He stood up to them. Where so many other elites in the world could be bought off, he can't be bought off. And he's, he's a symbol for the world. And I would hope that the United States follows his lead and we follow it quickly. Let me just... This is Jack Maxey in the War Room, War Room pandemic here on Capitol Hill. I can't imagine a greater day. This is Saturday, August 15th. Year of our Lord 2020, this is a special episode where we are celebrating India's Independence Day. 74 years of liberty and freedom for the Indian people, an inspiration for the whole world, the largest multicultural democracy in history, and led by their great Prime Minister Modi, fantastic friend of Donald Trump. I'd like to give a shout out to our broadcast partners here. We've got John Frederick's Radio Network, America's Voice News. We've got 109.3 in Chicago. And today, a special day for us particularly, and a special day for the world, we are going to be on Yon Channel in India, one of the greatest news channels that you can watch if you're trying to understand what's going on in the region. Every night, they've got a fantastic show called Gravitas. I recommend everybody take a look at it. Americans are trying to catch this. Great TV station. They are on Dish 765. Today joining us, we've got 
Dave Ramaswamy. We've got Jake Kinsar. We've got our very own Vish Bura. These guys are going to be standing up for the Alliance of Liberty, these great American Indian patriots. And you've got me on the side, and we're going to switch right over to Stephen K. Bannon, the man of the hour. I got to tell you, Jack, and the, and the guys, I couldn't be uh, prouder or happier. really want to thank uh, uh, Wyon uh, for distributing this today in India. It's one of the great stations. Gravitas is a great show. We watch it all the time. And, and I'm really kind of proud, Jack, that the, the words I said in that interview months ago stand up pretty well. I mean, in 2014, I think on the uh, uh, when I was at Breitbart and running Breitbart, I had a radio show on Sirius XM when Modi won. I said he was the Ronald Reagan of India. Well, he, he's now he's become Trump before Trump, and he's showing the world what leadership is. You know, I couldn't be proud of that interview I gave and how the words have stood up, but I got to tell you, Prime Minister Modi is a world leader. Uh, India is an example for the world on its democracy and the rule of law. In particular, the reason we want to do this show today to celebrate and commemorate the 74th Independence Day of India was because of this, uh, the Chinese Communist Party. What the Chinese Communist Party is particularly trying to do on the Eurasian landmass. And there, India is the key that picks the lock. India will be the leader in breaking the back of the Chinese Communist Party. And for all the heroes uh, and all the uh, troops that are up near uh, Chinese-occupied Tibet uh, today, uh, the prayers, thoughts of people of the United States and free people from all over the world, from the uh, new federal state of China, the the whistleblower movement, uh, people uh, know that uh, you're defending freedom. So really want to appreciate it and thank you. And I'm, I'm, I couldn't be uh, happier to be part of this and particularly to talk about a nationalist that really knows how to lead. That's uh, Prime Minister Modi. Jack, back to you, Jay and, uh, and Dave Ramaswamy in the studio. Well, listen, guys, I have one thing I want to say to the Indian people, because uh, what a great opportunity it is to us be able to talk to you. We speak about India and the great performance that they're doing for the world and showing us what democracy and liberty is all about. So for us to be able to speak to you directly is really something that is uh, really exciting for all of us. So to India, I say namaste. Jay Sri Ram. <laughs> hey, even Jay, over to you guys. Yeah, Dave, Dave and Jay. I mean, I mean, this is just uh, this the seventy fourth, I believe, uh, Independence Day for uh, for India, uh, commemorated. Uh, I think it was nineteen forty seven that India got its independence. Right. I mean, let let let's just let's just get right into it. What what does what does India's independence mean to you guys? You know, Dave, tell us. You know, what 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 comes up in your mind? You know, what sort of what sort of feelings, what sort of uh, you know emotions, and what 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 really gets you excited about India's future uh, now that it is a free nation with a free peoples moving forward? Yeah. You know? Thank you, Vish, Jack, Steve. Uh, it's always a pleasure to be on the war room. You know, for me, Steve mentioned the. E concept of economic nationalism and India's independence and the way they're interconnected is in the short it's socialist distancing from the Communist Party of China and political independence depends on economic sovereignty you cannot be a free country or a free people if you're reliant on foreign powers especially hostile ones to meet the needs of your people that doesn't fly. So during the Indian independence movement, a lot of leaders, including most famously Mahatma Gandhi, uh, 
their mantra, which inspired the entire Indian nation, was to boycott imported British goods made in the English colonial empire. So they inspired the Indian people to use their capital, use their capability to produce goods within the country. Remember, in the midst of a war, it does not make sense to buy bullets and missiles from your enemy. So in the same way, in the midst of the war, the entire free world has now faced with against the Chinese Communist Party, against the CCP virus. We have to be economically independent. And Prime Minister Modi recognizes this. And let me add to this. India is not just a nation state. It's a civilizational state. It's got 10,000 years of continuous civilization. The Indic religions like Hinduism, Buddhism, Sikhism, and Jainism share the same cultural software. Okay, 2,400 years ago, the Greek historian and diplomat called the region, which is the present-day Indian subcontinent, Indica. So the region that we see in India has, you know, it's, it, it's got a long history, both in culture, in civilization, as well as commerce. So Prime Minister Modi recognizes this, and he's building on the legacy of a long train of spiritual leaders, independence leaders, to once again inspire the Indian people to regain their economic freedom. And let me give, end by giving you an example. Four months ago, in, in, or maybe actually six months ago in February, India was almost wholly reliant on China for PPE. Okay, But Prime Minister Modi put out a call to the Indian people, which he called Atmanirbhar in Hindi, which means self-reliance. And he also added a clarion call for be vocal for local. So he goaded a network which was decentralized of Indian entrepreneurs, small business owners, to build on India's legacy of textile innovation, technological innovation, to produce PPEs for domestic consumption. And now, six months later, India is making nearly a million PPE per day, completely self-sufficient, and yet ready now to serve the world. Well, the best part about that day for me is that this, this is part of our problem with the supply chains. And India is having the same issue that we have with communist China, that we are reliant, particularly the pharmaceutical industry in India, just like us. We require their APIs to make the things. So one of the things that I think is so amazing about this, and this is for the American. Hey, hey, Jack, hey Jack, 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 yes, sir. Jack, Jack, let me just jump in here one second before you finish. I want to go back to Dave just for a second. Dave, that's one of the things we've been trying to say in the war room all the time is action, action, action. What I love about Modi, there's not a lot of talk, but there's a lot of action. You saw that problem with PPE and Jack Maxey. Think about it. We're still struggling with PPE today. We're still struggling with the supply chain. We're still struggling, struggling with all that. Modi takes action and galvanizes the world, galvanizes all of India to pull together to do it. That's what I think leadership is. I, I totally agree, Steve. And the other thing is we're talking about the uh, history of India when it comes to Gandhi's attempt to get people to make their own cloth, the protest against the salt tax. So really you could see all of India's, the history of India's independence really is a movement towards economic nationalism, one could say. And you see Modi now sort of fulfilling the mission that was started by Gandhi over 75 years ago. And I think it's kind of a wonderful circle to see India take this lead 
And uh, what a beautiful thing it is, Steve, for us, the Americans, to a certain extent, following India's lead. And it's a really great service that they're doing for the world by taking a lead and pointing out the danger, particularly of complicity with the Chinese Communist Party. We saw that with Modi's elimination of over 100 apps. Uh, really inspiring stuff. Absolutely. And, and today, Indians across the country and around the world should be celebrating in great fanfare at, at, uh, at carnivals and at the flag hoisting ceremonies across the country and the world. But unfortunately, they, are, they can't do that because of the Chinese communist virus. It has infected India, it has infected America, and it has infected the world. And it's preventing people from getting together and doing things that they love to do which is celebrate holidays. And I think this is, uh, this is being felt in the heartland of India more than anywhere else. Well, I think also one of the things is the whole world has been shut down and India has followed suit. And we talk about all the problems that we've had, but we're talking about a population with 1.2 billion people, okay? And nobody is going crazy. Everybody is complying with the rules. It really, to me, is a wonderful thing. And one of the things that really struck me, we're going to have to go for a break here in a minute, but remember those soldiers in the Galwan Valley just watching the whole of India think about them with their hearts on their sleeves. And I'm reminded by what the president said, our brave soldiers have lost lives protecting and safeguarding the Indian borders. The nation salutes the brave hearts of the Galwan Valley. This is what patriotism is about. This is what love of country is about. And this is why the Indian people are such amazing partners in this alliance of liberty around the world. Let me just add something to the Jack, uh, which is, you know, focusing on the Indian military and how it's similar to the U.S. military. For me, both the Indian military and the U.S. military are there to defend liberty and serve democracy. And India fought alongside British and U.S. forces in World War II to beat the Nazis, to beat the fascists. And once again, India and Indian soldiers stand ready alongside America to defeat the forces of the CCP. It's true. And see, this is what makes us so great. And this is why we love the Indian people. You know why? Because they come from all different backgrounds, all different cultures, multiple languages. But you know what? They're united in love of country. And that's what this special is today is about. We are celebrating the Indian people, we are celebrating Indian independence, and we are celebrating this great alliance that is forming worldwide amongst the people of liberty. We'll be back in just a second, guys. Stephen K. Bannon. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Here in America, we're creating the United States Space Force, and we're working closely with India to enhance space cooperation. This is Jack Maxey coming back with the War Room for our Saturday, August 15th special celebrating Indian Independence Day. What a great day for the whole world to admire an amazing country, the largest democracy in history. Steve, over to you. Yeah, I just want to thank our distribution partners in uh, India. 
Wyon, the Wyon channel, a fantastic news channel. Really want to thank you guys for picking up the show today. I want to say one thing before we bring in our special guest for the interview in this segment is not just the uh, the huge uh, Howdy Modi um, event that was down in Texas, still the biggest event that's ever gone on for President Trump with uh, all the, uh, the uh, Hindu Americans putting on, I think it was 50,000 people. Dave, you and Jay worked very hard, and that was just a fantastic event. But I want to say one thing. Uh, people in World War II, people forget the China, Burma, India theater was, I think, arguably one of the most important theaters of the world. And one of the most important battles of the war was at the Irrawaddy River when the Indian Army held. And that was because of the non-commissioned officers of the Indian Army that then went home and fought for their freedom. I got to tell you, it's a, it, it was a brave army. These are brave individuals. They're an inspiration for the world, just like you're an inspiration for the world today as the world's largest democracy. Jay, back to you and uh, and Dave Ramaswamy and Jack in the studio. Thank you, uh, Steve. Uh, with us, we are very privileged to have uh, Tejasvi Surya. He's a member of parliament from Bangalore South. Uh, Bangalore is one of the India's largest metropolitan areas, and it's also the space tech hub of India. So Tejasvi, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much and namaste. 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 Happy Independence Day as well. Thank you so much. Wish you uh, a very happy Independence Day as well. Yes, yes. So this is a very special segment. Can you give some insight into how NASA and ISRO, India's space organization, are working together in a, in 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 a in the new space force economy that Trump, that President Trump outlined in his uh, speech at Howdy Modi a few months ago, over a year ago now? Absolutely. Uh, like you very rightly mentioned, uh, I come from uh, Bangalore. I represent uh, Indian Parliament, the city of Bengaluru, which is India's uh, space capital and science and tech capital. And uh, uh, the multifaceted cooperation between India and US in the field of science and technology, especially in uh, the field of uh, space technology, has only been steadily growing. And uh, uh, in 2015, the India-US Science and Technology Cooperation Agreement was further renewed for a, a period of 10 years in September 2019, So, which again is a very important step in the uh, right direction. Uh, in so far as civil space cooperation uh, is concerned, uh, there have been a lot of joint activities that are being conducted by uh, NASA and uh, Indian Space Research Organization together. And uh, 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 to name a few, exchange of scientists, the uh, INSAT 3D and OCM2 collaboration, cooperation on Mars mission, the nano satellites, the carbon eco monitoring and modeling, feasibility and study of collaboration, new occultation, earth science cooperation, international space station and its activities, global navigation satellite systems and LNS band uh, uh, systems, space exploration cooperation, and most importantly, the space debris mediation. And India also launched in the last two years about 95 satellites uh, belonging to various uh, uh, American companies and Amer the, the uh, U.S. Uh, uh, itself. And that is one of the highest in number. And most importantly, the uh, Indo-U.S. Science and Technology Space Forum, which was established by India and the U.S. as an autonomous binational organization in the year 2000, is 
playing a very important field. And the seventh meeting of the Indo-US Joint Group on Civil Defense Cooperation met again in my city of Bengaluru in, in November 2019. And uh, when uh, President Trump visited India uh, uh, this year, and uh, we had this huge event in Gujarat called Namaste Trump under the leadership of my Prime Minister uh, Narendra Modi. Uh, there was another endeavor where uh, the uh, so and NASA, their endeavors to, uh, to, to, to develop and in 2022, a joint mission with the world's first dual frequency synthetic aperture radar satellite was encouraged. And discussions were also further held to advance cooperation in Earth observation, Mars and planetary exploration, heliophysics, spaceflight, and commercial space operations. And I must also tell you that the Indian government, under the leadership of Prime Minister Narendra Modi, has opened the Indian space for a private enterprise. Uh, and, and this is going to be a very big uh, um, uh, investment opportunity for uh, a private uh, uh, investment in the days to come for space, for, for in the direction of space exploration as well. So there's a lot that India and US have done together uh, um, already uh, in the space of in the uh, ecosystem of uh, space science and technology. And there is so much more to be accomplished in the near future. Dejasweet, Dave Ramaswamy here. Thanks for your comments. It's very telling that uh, President Trump working with Prime Minister Modi is trying to unite all of us and launch us into the space force economy. On the other hand, you have the Congress Party in India, like the Democratic Party in America, who are trying to take us backwards with the race force economy by pitting each of us against one another. So I think most freedom-loving people want to be part of the space force economy. So my next question to you is, where do you see opportunities for cooperation in the defense sector? You know, Bangalore is not just a technology and IT hub. It, it's also India's defense hub. So where do you see the possibility for India and U.S. to manufacture, uh, you know, the next generation of weapons? Well, uh, I see great and immense potential for uh, uh, space uh, collaboration between India and uh, United States in the coming years. And you also already know that India and U.S. today conduct more bilateral exercises with each other than they do with any other country. This is something incredible. And the aggregate worth of defense-related acquisition from the U.S. that India has purchased is more than 15 billion U.S. dollars. And in 2016, when Prime Minister Narendra Modi visited uh, uh, the United States, uh, India was designated as a major defense partner, which commits the United States to facilitate technology sharing with India to a level commensurate with that of its closest allies and partners. And most importantly, industry collaboration for defense production and for development. And given the fact that my Prime Minister Narendra Modi is stressing on Make in India, especially when it comes to defense equipment and defense production, uh, the amount of opportunities that we have going forward is only going to grow. And, to, uh, and, and there are two important uh, other things that has uh, developed in the last uh, few years. In 2000, in this uh, 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 year, the United States renamed the United States Pacific Command as the 
United States Indo-Pacific Command to recognize the important role that India plays in this region. So going forward, the quadrilateral relationship between United States, India, and Australia is going to play a very critical and vital in this region to create lots, lasting peace and prosperity and most importantly, stability in the Indo-Pacific region. And there have been mechanisms and groups that have been made by both the countries, whether it is a defense policy group, military cooperation group, defense technology and trade initiative, and the joint working groups under it, whether it is the Air Force Steering Committee, the Defense Procurement and Production Group, Senior Technology Security Group, all of these are uh, very, very important uh, steps that have been taken in the last few years uh, to facilitate further uh, strengthening of ties between India and the United States when it comes to defense manufacturing, defense procurement. And I see a lot of opportunities for both Indian companies as well as American companies to uh, build on these uh, 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 developments and further enhance our mutual interests. Absolutely, Tejasvi. One question that I do have, or a couple questions I have for you is, what do you? Uh, what are the latest developments in India's coronavirus Chinese virus response, and how uh, how is partnership between America and India working at that level? But you know, at the parliamentary level. Well, uh, even when the President Trump visited uh, India in uh, early uh, uh, in February of this year. Um, there was a commitment made between the two nations to support each other when it comes to um, the battle um, uh, against COVID-19. There are three things I want to tell you which just indicate the kind of strength and flexibility and the kind of uh, uh, agility the Indian uh, state and India's uh, entrepreneurs and uh, uh, industry has shown in addressing this challenge. When the COVID pandemic began, and uh, uh, in, in uh, February, and uh, you know, um, uh, mid of March this year, India did not have the ability to manufacture even a single PPE kit. However, today, India is the second largest manufacturer of PPE kit in the world and is not only supplying to the Indian demand, but is also uh, exporting it to rest of the world. In the same manner, the, India, uh, the, the Indian industry and Indian uh, uh, government stepped up the uh, production of ventilators from facing a severe shortage of ventilators to also now becoming one of the biggest suppliers and manufacturers of ventilators in the world. And Tejasvi, uh, hold on a second. India we'll keep you on. We'll have you on in the next segment. Excuse me. We'll keep you on for the next segment. Please stick around. Yes, thank you so much. We're going to take a break here to pay some bills. We're excited to have the whole world listening to our Indian Independence Special. War Room with Stephen K. Bannon. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. This is Jack Maxey sitting in the captain's seat here on Capitol Hill. I've got Jay Kinsar, Dave Ramaswamy, Vish Burra in the room, and we've got Steve Bannon on assignment. Over to you, Steve. Yeah, just very honored to be uh, celebrating, commemorating India Independence Day with our two-hour special we put together an all-star team. The reason we knew we were in the right hands, these are some of the guys who worked on the Howdy Modi event uh, down in Texas. I got to tell you, I think it's been the greatest event in the first term of President Trump. 
50,000 people. I know President Trump was not just shocked, he was delighted. He'd never, all the big crowds he's ever spoken to, that's the biggest audience and most enthusiastic. It was just an incredible, incredible day. Can't thank the Indian people enough for doing that. I can't thank them enough for really standing up and showing the world what how democracy rolls. I got to tell you, you know, I think it was Dave Ramaswamy that said that uh, Prime Minister Modi is the Michael Jordan of democracy. He's got more votes than anybody. I want to turn to you guys back in the studio. This this interview is incredible. The American people are now seeing what well, how India and the United States are working as partners in space and working as partners in this Indo-Pacific strategy to really stand up to the Chinese Communist Party and what they're trying to do on the Eurasian landmass. So back to you guys in the studio. Let's continue this incredible interview. Happy to be on again. Tejasvi, uh, to follow up uh, to your previous comments uh, and to maybe even summarize for our listeners around the world, which is, it seems to me that the, for security the Indo-Pacific, we have to rely on the military forces of the Quad, which is America, Japan, Australia, and India, or in Hindi, it, which stands for Ajay, or unconquerable, I mean, or invincible. And uh, to our American listeners, I would say, for your national security against foreign invasions and hostile forces, ignore the Quad. Ignore, I, the, ignore the squad, focus on the quad. <laughs> <laughs> so the <laughs> So Tejasvi, as a follow-up question, I want to ask you about the Indian military's capability at the borders and beyond to safeguard India's economic interests and safeguard India's democracy from hostile forces. And also, how do you connect that to the Indian people's overall resolve and their change of behavior, given that we have faced on the Chinese-occupied Tibet border attacks from the People Liberation Army, or who I call the CCP enslavement militia. Well, uh, uh, before I answer this question, can I complete my uh, uh, comment on how India under Prime Minister Modi has been very effective in handling the pandemic? Uh, I just have two more very quick points to make on that, if you will permit me. Sure, please absolutely. Do, please do. Yeah. So uh, I was mentioning to you earlier on how uh, we have raised our uh, capacity from being uh, to becoming the uh, biggest, man the second biggest manufacturer in the world in PP. Now we are exporting PPEs to various countries. We are now even exporting ventilators and just all of this in just four to five months time under the prime minister's leadership. And in the same way, if you count the uh, number of cases in India uh, and, you know, uh, make it to uh, uh, matrix on the per, per million population, we still are doing uh, fantastically well. And among the death uh, mortality ratios in the world, India's mortality ratio when it comes to COVID-19 is less than 2%. Which is one of the highest, uh, uh, one of the best, uh, uh, perf you know, um, um, mortality ratios in the world. So, uh, you know, our recovery rate also is about seventy percent. So, whether it is, you know, high recovery, low mortality, increasing the infrastructure, and also even exporting, coming to the aid of um, uh, even uh, United States of America by supplying a huge contingent of. Uh, um, hydroxychloroquine upon the request of President Trump. All of these things was something that India has been very uh, has been uh, performing very well. And um, 
we have shown to the world that in the shortest period of time indian industry and indian government under the right leadership can actually rise to the biggest of challenges whether it is a pandemic or whether it is a uh, uh, any other humanitarian challenge so that's something that uh, india has incredibly shown and my city of bangalore has been exceptional in handling this pandemic because uh, um, uh, we had one of the lowest rates of infection until now so even on that count uh, we have been doing very well and to uh, coming now to the question that you asked about uh, the uh, indian military's preparedness uh, it's it's uh, known to the whole world that india has one of the largest uh, standing military yeah continue india has one of the largest uh, standing military in the world and uh, uh, and india's military is a battle hardened uh, uh, battle ready to battle uh, professional force and um, whether it is and and india's military has the um, a challenge of, uh, of fighting uh, or or addressing challenges at multiple fronts whether it is the pakistan front on one side whether it is the china front on other the whether it is the bangladesh front on the other side and also manning the large indian peninsula that we have so uh, whether it is the indian navy the air force as well as the indian army all of them have come together under a unified command now under the uh, uh, newly created chief of defense staff a uh, new position that honorable prime minister narendra modi has created to uh, give further uh, strength to the indian army so uh, whether it is the challenge that we are facing from pakistan or or from uh, the uh, the chinese uh, frontier indian army has uh, is exceptionally poised today to handle all of these uh, challenges and like i mentioned to you earlier the amount of bilateral exercises that the indian army is conducting uh, along with the united states is at the highest ever in the history of both united states as well as America. we conduct more bilateral ex military exercises with each other than we conduct with any other country in the world so uh, uh, this is uh, uh, given a great fillip to the uh, strength of the indian army the resolve and indians are a very patriotic people and under the leadership of the prime minister the indian army and the indian people have got all kind of support to uh, to 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 address the challenges that we are facing on all of these fronts in a very effective manner I'm going to respond to that with a resounding J Hind. <laughs> J Hind, that's hey, right. I'd also like to say something. Just <laughs> as, as the American observer of all this, one of the things that really made me uh, so moved a few weeks ago was when the uh, Indian delivery drivers decided that they were going to burn their uniforms because they didn't want to work for the CCP-related uh, delivery <laughs> app. And I loved when the uh, reporters went to interview these guys. They're sitting around having a beer and a cigarette, uh, burning their uniforms, knowing they just walked away from their jobs. And the reporter says, well, "Aren't you worried about your future? You know, aren't you worried about losing your jobs?" And these guys looked at her and said, "We're willing to starve for the nation, but we're not willing to compromise our principles for the Chinese communists." That tells me, as an American, everything I want to know about these brothers who I want to stand next to. Absolutely, Tejasvi, you've been fantastic. We really appreciate having you, and we hope don't, that don't leave. I have one question. I have one question. It's an important question for our viewers. You said that India sent HCQ to okay. the United States. HCQ has been used across India, and I want to ask a specific question of you: Are the members of the Indian Parliament taking hydroxychloroquine prophylactically? Uh, not 
especially the Indian parliamentarians, but uh, the uh, ICMR, the nodal agency for uh, handling the COVID pandemic. That's like India's equivalent to the NIH. CQ as a, uh, a prophylaxis, and it is yes, something like that. So uh, they continue to uh, are, are quite firm on um, um, the the usage of. ATQ as a prophylaxis. So it is being used widely as a prophylaxis. That's all I'm asking. I'm wondering just out of uh, desire to have a little bit of a news, a little breaking news if, if the members, if any members of the Indian parliament have, any of your peers, have they decided to take it as a prophylaxis? I'm not specifically aware of any Indian member of the parliament having, having been used, but like I mentioned, the uh, it has been uh, quite widely used as a prophylactic. All right. Yeah. Thank you so much. We can't tell you how, how great you've been. You're just a, a, a fountain of information here. And uh, we're going to have to introduce our next Thank guest you, here. It's Lauren Sellen. He's a retired U.S. Army colonel, and he's an expert in Indo-Pacific strategy. So we're very delighted to have uh, Lawrence Sellen join us now. Retired U.S. Army colonel. Thank you very much, Colonel Sellen. Glad to be with you. Hey, Jack. Let me let me ask the first question, Colonel Sellen. Why did it take us so long, in your uh, mind, to start calling this the Indo Indo Pacific strategy? It makes so much sense. Why did it take the U.S. so long to kind of get focused on what our real strategy was? Because I I don't think they uh, fully understood uh, the threat uh, from China. Uh, in the in in the Indian Ocean region, uh, let me first start uh, by mentioning an immediate problem, and then following with the larger problem to answer your question. Uh, the immediate problem is Pakistan and Pakistan's use of Islamic terrorism as an instrument of their foreign policy. There are many. Uh, terrorist camps in Pakistan used to attack other countries like India and in particular uh, Kashmir. Uh, but Pakistan is also doing this uh, against Afghanistan. Now, um, many Americans think uh, that the war in Afghanistan is, is an insurgency. It is not. It is a proxy war being waged by Pakistan against Afghanistan using the Taliban, the Iqani network, uh, and others as proxies to wage that war. So Pakistan is supporting uh, radical Islam uh, because it fits into Pakistan's uh, fourth generation warfare uh, strategy. It's also supporting radical Islam because uh, it suppresses ethnic uh, separatism within Pakistan. Now, the larger point is that and this oh, gets to the of your question. Colonel Sellen, hang on for one second. Hang on for one, hang on for one second. What you just said, most people listen to this broadcast. We're here to commemorate India Independence Day. The audience in the United States would be shocked because I thought for the last 20 years or since the uh, terror attacks that Pakistan was actually the ally of the United States and was the recipient of tens if not hundreds of billions of dollars of aid and military aid. How can you say it's a proxy war? I thought Pakistan was our ally. 
Pakistan has never been a U.S. ally, and that gets to the second half of, of what I was talking about. Is the, my main point is, uh, is that China wants to dominate South Asia. Colonel, and, Colonel, this is Jack uh, Maxey. We're going to have to take a after, break after, here in a moment. So I want you to hold that thought, and we're going to come back to it. Uh, this is incredible breaking sort of information for the American viewer, this understanding that Pakistan is not our friend. This is not going to be new news for our Indian listeners, but certainly this is a kernel of information that is not widely understood here in America. We are super psyched to have have Colonel Sellen here to further explain. We are going to be going to a commercial break here in just a few seconds, but People, this is very interesting because you got to remember, India is like the keystone between China and Pakistan. Very important to our safety and the safety of the world. We'll be back in just a few minutes. War Room with Stephen K. Bannon. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. An award for Vice President-elect Joe Biden in Pakistan. Biden received the Crescent of Pakistan from the Prime Minister and President in recognition of his support for democracy and social economic development of Pakistan, the announcement said. The President of the Islamic Republic of Pakistan has been pleased to confer on the U.S. Vice President-elect Senator Joseph Biden, the high award of Hilale Pakistan. Biden is here as a U.S. Senator for talks with the country's top military and political leaders. The visit comes as Pakistan's spot. This is Jack Maxey. We're back in the war room. We're going to follow up in just a second with Colonel Sellen's answer to that amazing question that Steve asked. Steve, over to you. Yeah, the reason we're commemorating and celebrating India Independence Day, remember, it's through India, India's independence and freedom that the rest of the world stays free. You know, they're a significant and a major ally. And now I think the American elite and the American people are starting to wake up to that. We'll go back to Colonel Sullen. Colonel Sullen, you just kind of dropped a bomb there that maybe people inside the, uh, the military know, the intelligence community, maybe even some of the the forward thinkers in the think tank community. But I think for most of the American people, they still believe that Pakistan has been an ally that we've been shoveling, you know, tens if not hundreds of billions of dollars of assistance to since the terror attacks on 9-11. So can you go back and walk us through exactly what the situation is? Because I think you've already shocked the American audience. Well, let, let me explain what the situation is, is now uh, so we can plan for the future. Uh, China wants to dominate South Asia. And after North Korea, China, China's closest ally is Pakistan. And China expects Pakistan to help it achieve its goals of domination of, of South Asia. Now, uh, China cannot dominate uh, South Asia unless uh, Afghanistan becomes a client state of Pakistan and also uh, India becomes sufficiently isolated. So uh, what, what we're seeing is, is, is 
China moving now, moving into South Asia economically through the China-Pakistan Economic Corridor, which is the flagship of China's Belt and Road Initiative. But China wants more than that. China wants to move into it, into South Asia militarily. And over the last several years, Chinese and Pakistani military officials have had uh, unpublished meetings uh, in which they have discussed uh, a Chinese military bases on Pakistan's Arabian Sea coast, in particular in the area around Gwadar near the uh, Iranian border. Now, why is China doing this? We know that China is building uh, military bases on islands in the South China Sea. We, China has a, a military base in Djibouti, which is at the entrance of the Red Sea on the route to the Suez Canal. So a military base on Pakistan's coast would be the link between those two. And in particular, uh, a large Chinese military base near Gwadar puts it right at the mouth of the Persian Gulf and allows China to control the vital maritime lanes of the northern Indian Ocean. That's why the India will play such a vital role in uh, working with uh, United States and other Quad partners in order to stop Chinese hegemony in the Indian Ocean region. Boy, I, I remember, I know how vital that is. When I was a naval officer in the 70s on a destroyer with the uh, 7th Fleet, we were over there for the Iranian hostage crisis, and that's where you just pointed out where Gonzo Station and Camel Station, where we had the two battle groups were. So to know that the Chinese are down, down there with the Pakistan, I think really wakes up the American people about how critical our alliance with, with India is. Walk through, when people talk about this Indo-Pacific strategy, because it's kind of a new concept getting out there to the American people. Can you walk through exactly what we mean by that and how important this is? Well, it's, it's really combining a, a traditional uh, strategy in, in the Pacific and in, in this case is countering uh, communist China. Uh, but it, the Indian Ocean region is, is obviously, you know, very important for all the reasons that I pointed out because uh, China is is trying to dominate the sea lanes from the South China Sea all the way through the Malaccan Straits, uh, through the Andaman Sea, into the Arabian Sea, and to Africa, and then through the Suez Canal into the Mediterranean. So it becomes extremely important uh, to develop not just a Pacific strategy, but an Indo-Pacific strategy that includes India because India will play a, a, a very important role. India is not just the world's largest democracy. It's not just the growing uh, economic and technological uh, power, including space, but it's going to be vital to uh, counter uh, Chinese aggression uh, in, in a connected Indian Pacific situation. Hey, Colonel Salen, tell us what about this conflict that's going up right now? They're they're actually entangled up on the uh, in Chinese occupied Tibet. We got a, a, I don't know how much time we got, Jack. We want the colonel to stay over, but what is that conflict about right now up on the border? We have ninety seconds till the break, but we'd love you well, to stay over, the, Colonel. All right. Well, the, these areas are actually 
uh, traditionally and historically Indian territory. When you're talking about uh, all of Kashmir, Ladakh, uh, Gilgit, uh, Baltistan, and even Aktin, uh, Aktai Chin, uh, which uh, both with China is occupying and is trying to encroach more on traditional Indian territory in the Ladakh region. So China is, is really what they call salami slicing, uh, uh, pieces of, trying to uh, cut off pieces of traditional Indian territory by moving in troops, moving in facilities, and things like that. And then recently, uh, the Indian Army uh, fought back, challenged the Chinese salami slicing, and actually administered a, a, a tremendous defeat on the Chinese in Latinx. Okay, Colonel, this is Jack Maxey. We're going to have to take a break here, pay some bills. We're super psyched to be talking to the world here today about the 74th anniversary of Indian independence and the importance they play in the world. Back in just a minute. 